Hey everybody, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. So this past Wednesday, a Kentucky grand jury decided not to charge the Louisville officers responsible for murdering Breonna Taylor in her home while she was sleeping back in March of this year. And um, the verdict actually came out exactly 65 years after the white men who were responsible for murdering Emmett Till were acquitted. So let me read some of the reactions that came out from a few of the athletes all across different leagues. DeMarcus Cousins said, Slap on the wrist for murder, but 10 years for tearing down a punk-ass statue. Lexi Brown said, Black women are the most unprotected people on this earth. We're still going hard for you. You deserve so much better. Bubba Wallace hashtagged Breonna Taylor. Justin Jackson said, all those protests, all the outcry for justice, and can't even get a trial. Angry doesn't even come close to how I'm feeling. Steve Kerr said, it's just so demoralizing. It's so discouraging. Is this the country we want to live in? Then one more um, from Megan Rapino. This is insulting and devastating news regarding Breonna Taylor's murderers. I'm at a loss for words. So when I um, became aware of what the verdict was, I thought back on like every ad that I've seen so far that had Breonna's picture on it. Um, every network where I heard her name, every public figure who's used their platform to advocate for justice properly, even every ridiculous and insulting meme that I've seen in regards to her. And then looking at this outcome, it's just like, this is exactly why we fought as hard as we did because it's almost like this was this was our worst fear, but I think a lot of us were prepared for this to happen anyway, and that's why we we fought so hard for justice. But to see, even though we were prepared for it, it still doesn't hurt any less to see that this is the outcome. Also, they knew what they were doing because they knew once they announced, you know, their supposed conviction because an officer got in trouble for shooting a piece of sheetrock but not an innocent black woman that it was going to cause chaos because didn't they call like what do they call it a state of emergency or something like that because they knew there were going to be protests regarding their decision like they knew what they were doing also they reached a settlement this is what really gets me they reached a settlement with brianna taylor's family so how are you going to reach a settlement for something, but then no one's getting charged? So if you're reaching a settlement and paying someone, you know something went wrong. You know someone didn't do something that was right. But then when it comes time to convict the officers, nothing happened? They paid her family um, $12 million to settle that wrongful death lawsuit. They put a price on her. $12 million. For people to, like, work so hard and then, like, to have all the protests and then see this outcome, it's like, what can you do, actually? Do you know what I mean? Like, 
you try and try and try and at the end of the day they're gonna do what they want to do this is exactly why um it was a few episodes ago where I mentioned like we don't need murals I don't need sad commercials I don't need TikToks memes all that other stuff. I don't need we want justice that's what we want and we didn't get that so all we're left with are the hashtags the memes the murals and I don't that's why I don't like when those things happen in light of the death of a black person because it kind of glosses over the bigger issue also so the only black female representative in the Kentucky Capitol, um, Representative Attica Scott, she was the author of Brianna's Law. She was arrested on felony on a felony rioting charge at the Brianna Taylor protest. Um, she was released this morning, but I still think that says a lot about where this country is and where Kentucky's at and their stance on everything. I agree. Um, there were protests here in Philly as well. I know there was a protest last night. You know, they, they definitely knew that these protests were coming, which is why they called the state of emergency. And they called the National Guard and they set a curfew. That right there, it's just like, yep, like no justice is being served. And they knew it too. They would rather prepare for our anger than serve justice that would bring us peace which is very sad god forbid god forbid but imagine something happened to me by the hands of police like just you as my friend how would you feel and then imagine how her friends and her family feel because i'm furious and i don't i didn't know her i can't imagine that that pain and that burning fury as someone who loves her. It's so sad. Um, It's just also, like, even worse because it's so upsetting. It's so, like, heartbreaking. It's so disappointed. But also, it's not surprising, which is horrible, but it's really not. One of my friends was saying... um, he thinks that people should be easier on those who choose not to react in an angry manner because he was like, you know, a lot of us are so numb to this news that our reactions are very stoic. Like, we don't really know what to do other than to just read it and kind of just put the phone down or put the paper down or turn off the TV. And people who are angry, who have every right to be, because I'm angry as well. You know, I go back and forth between being numb and angry. But people who are um, visibly angry can sometimes become more furious if they see other people, especially other Black people, not as angry as them. And that kind of invalidates that person's feelings because just because you can't see it or they don't express their emotions the same way that you do, it doesn't negate how they feel. This is just how they're processing what they see. And it's also a result of seeing things like this happen so often. I mean, this isn't just, this isn't new. It's not just our generation that has to deal with this. It's 
our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, our great, I mean, this dates back way beyond what we can conceptualize. So I don't blame people for not being reactive. It's like, what else can I say? What else can I do? How much more of myself can I show you for you to change the system? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Chrissy, just because people aren't speaking out on it or aren't posting on social media saying, oh, I'm angry, doesn't mean that they aren't angry. You know, it just happens so often and everyone has their own way of going about it. However, some people's reactions are definitely more shocking than others. Like Charles Barkley's statement he made. I know you have his quote. I was kind of at a loss for words at what he said about everything. As was I. um, Charles Barkley said, I just feel bad that the young lady lost her life. But we do have to take into account that her boyfriend shoot at the cops and shot a cop. So like I say, even though I'm really sorry she lost her life, I just don't think we can put this in the same situation as George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery. My my chest actually hurts like reading that. So let me give a breakdown. During the raid, the, the day that Brianna was killed, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, shot one of the officers in the leg. So what I got from Charles' statement was that we can't be as outraged about her death because her boyfriend simply followed his instincts to protect himself and his partner by shooting at an intruder because said intruder was a cop. And all three of these deaths are different in in terms of circumstances, like Ahmad was peacefully jogging, George was making a purchase, Brianna was asleep in her bed. But I definitely can compartmentalize the trauma and horror of innocent Black people being killed, especially when they're doing nothing but sleeping in their bed in what's supposed to be the safety of their own home. If anything, she was an essential worker during this pandemic. Even if she had a criminal record, which she doesn't, it still does not justify what happened to her. Even if a cop was pursuing someone they knew, like, did something wrong or is guilty or whatever it may be, you're not supposed to kill them. Nowhere in a handbook does it say, if you are going after a suspect, you have to kill them. No, like, and then she was innocent at that. It just makes no sense to me. Like, cops lasting on their mind should be shooting the person dead. Like, that should never happen, even if they are guilty of a crime. I just think about, like, what I would have done in that situation. Not that it matters at all. But in this scenario because like the way that Charles Barkley was speaking it it wasn't it was as if he wasn't looking at the context of the situation like if you're asleep in your bed and you hear someone banging on your door in the middle of the night initially I mean 
immediately, I mean, your, your instinct should kick in like, okay, something's going on. Like I know me, I keep a vet by the side of my bed and I feel safe in my home, but that's just in case. Like if I feel threatened, like I have a weapon. I feel like a lot of people do that, especially women. They'll keep like, um, a box cutter or a bat like myself, or, you know, something to protect themselves by their bed. In this case, they had a gun in their home. And if they sensed an intruder or heard something or felt like they were in danger, your first instinct is to protect yourself. You're not thinking, if if you're innocent, like they were, you're not thinking like, oh, the cops are at my door, they're trying to arrest me. You're thinking someone's trying to break in. I need to stop them from hurting me. So I, I can't, I, I, I listened to what he said and I was just like, well, what would you have done? Would you just have let them like put guns in your wife's face? He was kind of being a little bit of a sellout when he said that. And no disrespect to him. Like I love Charles Barkley, but what he said wasn't right. And maybe this he'll reflect because he is getting backlash, but I'm not too sure. Another thing with what Charles Barkley and Shaq were talking about yesterday when they were doing their show, it kind of gives the other side and Trump supporters, like, they use them and be like, you see, even they agree. For example, Candace Owens tweeted, congratulations to Shaq and Charles Barkley for having courage to tell the truth about Breonna Taylor on live TV. It is rare for respected athletes to have the spine to buck the dishonest media narrative, but the facts are the facts. Try it, LeBron. So, the thing with this is, when Shaq and Charles Barkley, well, this article says they defend cops over Breonna Taylor. When they say that, people will literally take what they say and run with it. Trump supporters will be like, you see, even they agree. And it just spirals. And it's just a really bad look. I mean, if they want to be viewed in that light, then, like, by all means, if you want Candace Owens tweeting about you and supporting you, okay, you go do that. But I know I would not want that. I just want when people preach about protecting black women, please mean it. Don't just say it. Don't be performative. Don't try to, you know, join the wave. Actually do it. All the time. Do it in public. Do it behind closed doors. Do it when no one's watching. Do it when there is no incentive for you to do it. Just do it. It's like, in a way, he was like, Charles Barkley was trying to, like, justify her death. Or find some reasoning. Exactly. So do you think he'll um, bring this up, maybe? I After do. After the backlash? I do case? think he'll address it. Um, Charles Barkley's not a bad guy. This was just a horrible take, in my opinion, and I do think he'll address it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really like him, but when he said that, I was like, no. Like, oh, why? In lighter news, congratulations to Joel Embiid and his longtime girlfriend, Anne DePaula. Last night, they announced the birth of their first child. It's a boy. And his name is Arthur Elijah DePaula Embiid. When I found out I love Joel Embiid, so I was so happy for him. And also, 
So it was pointed out that Ar- Arthur was the name of Joel Embiid's late brother. He had actually passed away in 2014. He was only 13 years old um, in their home country of Cameroon. So I think that's just super special, too. I don't know. I'm just so happy for him. Same. So am I. And it was so unexpected, too. Like, no one was expecting it. All of a sudden, he posts, and he's like, oh, I'm a father. And then I went on her Instagram, and there was just nothing there. And I kind of love that for them. Yeah, I like when, when people take the private route. I think it's a lot healthier for the mom. You know, you're not really focused on people judging you while you're pregnant or people prying in to see, like, just details that we don't need to know. You kind of just pop out and be like, we have a kid. I like that energy. Yeah, he knew what he was doing because I think if, like, they would have announced it when they were in the bubble, at least, or just the narrative around it, they would have asked him about it or they would have been talking about it. And it's just like, clearly you don't have to, right? Because no one knew, so. Right. So again, congratulations to Joelle and Anne on becoming parents. Uh, you know, Joelle and the sisters didn't get a ring this year, but he got something better, a son, a beautiful baby boy. All right, so let's talk playoffs. Currently, the Lakers are up 3-1. and one. But, you know, with the Nuggets' track record, this could work out in their favor. But also, with the Lakers' lineup, this could be a quick series. Like, it could be done in Game 5. But I honestly think that the Nuggets can take it to at least Game 6, especially if Jokic comes back a little harder on Saturday night. I think that was a key factor in their defeat last night, which was Thursday night. Because Jokic only scored 16 points. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hope there's a game six. I definitely think there will be. Um, But who knows, honestly. It's just such a toss-up. I think, like, this whole series, or even, like, the previous ones where the Nuggets, like, you just really didn't know what was going to happen, and then they would win, and then they would shock you. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm literally, I can't even decide. Like, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. It really just depends on the Nuggets and how they're playing. Absolutely. It definitely. It, every game depends on the Nuggets, to be honest, because I feel like the Lakers always show up. Yeah, like, you know how the Lakers are going to do. It just depends on, you know, if the Nuggets can step it up. I mean, I hope they can, just for the sake of them. So it doesn't seem like, you know, I don't want them to only win one game in the whole series. I would like them to win two. Yeah. At least, you know, because we all know Lakers Lakers are going to the finals. Like, yeah, 1,000%. That's just what it is. And I, uh, the Heat. Yeah, I was just about to say, the Heat are going to the finals too, and that's just on period. They're no. up 3-1, and, and tonight could really be the night that they secure a spot in the finals since 2014. No, the Heat, they're literally on fire right now. Um, I love it. I love Jimmy Butler. Tyler Harrow... We were talking about this before, being 20 years old, born in 2000. (laughs) That is so wild. Oh, that would be amazing. Like, Heat and Lakers final. Do you think, who who do you think would win? I Honestly, I'm rooting for the Heat. I know that's so bad. But Lakers are going to win for sure. Uh, Yeah. I have no doubt about that. But I don't want them to win. Is that bad of me? Am I being a hater? I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, I, I love a nice underdog story, 
But in this case, I would be here for a Lakers title. You know, this year has been really rough, okay? We lost Kobe, which was horrible. Horrible. I feel like this could be a south. LA needs a victory right now. And winning the championship, that I feel like that would just be. And then with with LeBron leading the team, that that would just be so beautiful to see. And I know a lot of people kind of clowned bubble basketball before it started. Like, oh, whoever wins this year is not going to count. First of all, yes, it does. And I would argue that this season has been, if not the most, then one of the most memorable NBA seasons in history. And I feel like this title is going to be so important. And if it's not rigged, then they're going to win it because they earned it. Like, I I honestly feel like the Lakers are going to win the title this year. Oh, yeah, I think they're going to win. I mean, I think think bubble basketball was probably even – harder for a lot of the players like if you win this that's a big deal now you're making me feel bad not rooting for the lakers <laughs> but i think the lakers are gonna win i just would love to see the heat win yeah, it, was, it wasn't an easy series i don't i don't think it's gonna end quick they're definitely not gonna get swept i i feel i can say that with my whole chest the heat are not gonna get swept i do not believe that but um I do, you know, it might go to game seven. I keep saying game six, but I would love to see that go to a game seven. I think it's going to be such a good series no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I love I'm- how we're speaking as if it's already been decided that the Heat are going to the finals. <laughs> no, like I feel it in my chest. Tyler, Sam, <laughs> and Jimmy, they're shutting everything down tonight. Like I just, I feel it. Oh, no, it's been decided. Like, there's no way. Like, no way. I'm sorry. There's just, it's not going to happen. I'm so excited. I just want to skip to the finals already. Yeah. Like, Tyler said it himself. He's a bucket. Put up 34 <laughs> in game four. Like, this kid is miraculous. This game is going to be so good. It's going to be so, so good. Yeah, I'm excited. I just want to skip to the finals. Same. I'm ready to get to the meat of this season and watch wow jimmy butler lebron anthony davis wow tyler bam yeah you see i love jimmy butler i want him to win the title so bad i'm not opposed to um seeing jimmy butler get a title at all i would love it somebody must have been watching over the cowboys last sunday because they were horrible and still beat the Falcons. I just, I don't get it. It reminded me, and I know it reminded everybody else, of when the Falcons blew their 28-3 to lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl back in 2017. To you as a Cowboys fan, I know you were happy when they won, but I know you weren't expecting them to win that game. No way. Okay, I'll tell you why the Cowboys won. Two words. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was the MVP of the game. He was the reason that the Cowboys won. And I'll tell you, honestly, as a Cowboys fan, I've been a Cowboys fan since the early, like, 2000s, since I could remember in the 2010s. It hasn't been pretty. It's actually been, like, quite a horrible ride for us. So, genuinely, I don't remember 
a Cowboys comeback like this ever. Like, remember, I've never been able to remember a comeback like this. So when they were down, I was like, are we going to do it? But every time we scored a touchdown and made the lead a little less, they would come back and score a touchdown. And it just kept going. We only led for like a minute of the game. I remember there was like, I want to say four minutes left of the game and we needed 15 points. <laughs> we needed we needed a touchdown, an onside kick recovery, something crazy. And we got it. I did not think onside kicks never. I can't remember the last time the Cowboys recovered an onside kick in a really like urgent matter. I was like, what? well, also that was the Falcons fault. The Falcons players huddled around the ball and watched it roll 10 yards. Why did they not pick it up? Serious question. Do you know any Falcons fans? I do. My best friend, Alex. Oh, my God. Right. She is from Atlanta. She's from Atlanta, right? Yes, she is. And my friend, Lorenzo. How are they holding up? I was just like... (laughs) They were like, oh my gosh, like my friend Lorenzo was like, they baited again. This is why I don't want to be a Falcons fan. But if you watch that onside kick, why did the Falcons player not pick that up? Wild. And then we get the ball back, you know, we drive down the field. That field goal, 46 yards, beautiful. Honestly, the Cowboys, they played second half. They played so good, to be honest, like. Our issue is the secondary. We need a cornerback. Our secondary is horrible. But Dak and the offense, Zeke had fumbles in the first quarter. We really did get it together. I think if we play exactly how we played last week in the second half, unstoppable. Our offense, we have too many weapons. Our offense has to try more to be bad than to be good. Like It'll take them more work to play bad. Now, our defense, our secondary is a little shaky, but I really like this Cowboys team, and I say that every year, but to come back with a victory like that, and I've been a hater of Dak Prescott in the past, but I am here to say it. Dak Prescott is the reason we won the game. Dak Prescott looks more and more like a leader, and I love him. I'm sold. Quick stat, Dak Prescott became the first quarterback in NFL history to pass for more than 400 yards and rush for three touchdowns in the same game. Yeah, he made history. That's my quarterback. Now, I'm not sure if you can say the same about your quarterback, Christina. Well, and you know. <laughs> I know our teams are in the same division, but I would love to hear how you think the Eagles are going to do this season in the NFC East because the NFC East isn't hard to win. Do I think the Cowboys are winning it? Yes. You say that every year, though. But this year, you might be right. Like, No, but also, the past few years, though, it's only become between the Cowboys and Eagles. Like, that's what it's come down to. And the Cowboys the Cowboys have, like, the past few years, majority of the time, they have been winning it with, like, an 8-8 eight and eight record, or then the Eagles will win it with, like, 9-7. and seven. So, the Redskins and Giants just haven't been contenders for years. Now, Washington might be our biggest competition, but honestly, the Washington football team, I don't think they have a chance. But I'm just curious to see what you think about, like, the NFC East, because we really are the division of trash. But the Cowboys are going to help us with that this season, I think. Absolute garbage. I'll say, you know, you never, no one, you never want to be last in the NFC East. That is so embarrassing. I don't think we'll be that bad. 
But um, I was listening to you saying, like, you guys have a whole bunch of weapons on the Cowboys. I'm like, you know, that must be nice. When the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts earlier this year, I think everyone was kind of lost in confusion. We needed people at so many other different positions, like, you know, receivers. And they took a quarterback in the second round when we have Carson Wentz. And I remember joking with one of my friends, like, okay, clearly Howie Roseman is on to something because if he is willing to sacrifice that second round pick for a position that was already filled, our franchise player at that, then all we can do is kind of hope it's for the best. So now we're here. Our first pick, wide receiver, uh, Jalen Rager, he's injured. Our offense is struggling. And then Jalen, our insurance, Jalen Hurts, our um, insurance policy essentially is healthy and available. So Carson has not been doing his best. And that hurts to say, I love Carson Wentz. I feel like that's, that's a big part of the problem. I actually read an article this morning where someone was like, we got to stop worrying about hurting Carson Wentz feelings. Like if you're being <laughs> trash, we have to acknowledge that it's trash. So I'm curious to see if Jalen is going to be on the field anytime soon as QB. It's still very early in the season, but he is there. He's healthy and he's available. And um, yeah, I'm just, I, I think we got to start taking some risk because something's got to give. You know, this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, they're up against the Bengals, which means Joe Burrow. And Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts was actually um, the runner-up to Joe Burrow for the 2019 Heisman Trophy. It was a huge margin of votes, but it was second place nonetheless. I don't know if they're going to put Jalen on the field this early, but that would be kind of cool to see Jalen. I, I think it would be cool. My one thing is, I don't know if, like, say they do put, like, Carson Wentz is just totally tanking. Say they do put Jalen in, do you think it'll be enough to, like, save your season? Like, how do you think the NFC East is going to pan out? Because, honestly, the past several years, it's come down. It's either Cowboys or Eagles, Cowboys or Eagles. Uh-huh. A lot of the time, it was the Cowboys. But even then, it would come down to, like, a one game or come down to, like, the conference record kind of thing. So, obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan. But last, even last season, when the Cowboys were doing bad, I said, I was like, we're not making the playoffs. Like, I remember I was at NBC Sports interning, and I would talk to all of them. I'm like, yeah, like, that's it. Like, I totally gave up hope last year. So now I'm just wondering, like, what do you, like, what do you honestly think? I mean, I think the Cowboys are just because I think we are the best team in the NFC East. Like, that's just, that's not even a hot take. Like, just look at the <laughs> rosters and stuff. But what do you think? Like, it's just, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, usually it might be a hot take, but this year I don't think it is. I can't disagree with you there. I think it's going to be between the – as how we're performing right now, I still think it's going to be between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Okay. I still believe that for sure. Yeah, I think honestly, I think yeah, I think the cow. I don't. I think the Cowboys are going to be maybe. I don't want to like aim too high or too low, so I'm going to go with like ten and six. I think second place in the division. I don't think they're going to come that close to the Cowboys. I think for once. Within 10 years, the Cowboys are, or whatever NFC East team, is actually going to take the division by more than a margin of one or two games. I think the Cowboys are really going to take the division by a long shot. 
And I don't know. I'm intrigued by the Washington football team and Dwayne Haskins. If we're going based off the performance of week one and two of all the teams and we had to just if we had to go off of just that alone for who was taking the NFC East, it grosses me out to say, but it might be the Cowboys. Because mm. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know what to say about the Eagles anymore. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, that's not like a bad thing to admit. You know, I'm kind of loving it right now, Chrissy. But my thing is, it's just like hard. Like, just because, like, for example, like last season, I gave up on the Cowboys, and everyone's like, my mom's like, you're supposed to be a true fan. Like, you can't count them out. And I'm like, no, but like, it's just the facts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you just looked at how everything was shaping up. And then I just think it's fair for you to say that because the Cowboys are probably have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Our defense, we have a little blank spots, but in general, like, it's just hard to count them out this season. And Dak is really, Dak is looking the best I've ever seen him. Dak has been showing out. He's been setting a bunch of records. I feel like every time they play, there's some new record that he broke, like he's making history. No, it's so true. I'm loving this Dak. Zeke, he looks... So good this season. Speaking of running backs, I feel so bad for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, same. Oh, God. Another NFC East. He's wasting. I feel like he's wasting his career with the Giants, and I feel so bad for him. I just think when you have a player like Saquon, or if you are a player like Saquon, there's no denying. Like, he is a top running back, and it just is horrible, and it sucks. Sorry, Mom. She hates when I say sucks, but... It's horrible when you have a player like that and your team just can't win. Because as much as, like, there's more to the game about winning, like, no, every player wants to win a championship in their lifetime. And I think it's so sad for him. He's wasting his prime years. He's injured again. He's out for the season with his ACL. And I just feel so bad. I honestly think within the next couple years, if the Giants continue to, like, just not be contenders, I feel like he's going to pull an Odell, and I don't blame him for it at all. I can see that for sure. I feel so bad for him. Like, so bad. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode six of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, and make sure you're also following us on social media at DYCT Podcast. Again, that's DYCT Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll chat with you next week.